0: This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sepona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sepona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at SepulnaRoadChurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. There's a lot of people in our land today that are wanting to get praise and wanting to receive glory and honor. Got a couple of men right now fighting over the top spot in the country, but uh, they both want top praises and honor. I know which one I want to have it, but I won't say. You can probably know. But anyway, I am uh, aggravated about our current situation. I'll just be on- Can I be honest with you? Will you love me tomorrow if I'm honest with you today? I'm aggravated about uh, the situation. I kind of like to know where things are going. I was uh, trained on my job to be a planner, And to plan uh, on down the road to know what's coming down so I can be prepared for what's coming. I don't like to be left in limbo. I don't like to not know what to expect. Well, to some extent, you can't know always everything, what to expect. And so, but in this situation, I think things could have been done better. But you know what? Uh, the one thing that is constant that does not change is God. Amen. He is consistent, and I'm glad about that. Yeah. I always can depend on the Lord, and I can depend on His Word. His Word is eternal. It doesn't change from yesterday, and it doesn't change from today to tomorrow. It's always the same, and it's always the truth. So uh, this morning, I want to talk to you along the lines of truth be told. When you hear truth be told, you think that the words that are coming after truth be told, is going to be the truth. Or at least an honest observation. For Let me give you an example of that. Truth be told, the chicken that I had for dinner last night was not really that good. I didn't have chicken last night. That's just a hypothetical uh, example. I wish I had had chicken last night. I was hungry during the night. But anyway... <laughs> Anyway, truth be told, not a lot, there's a whole lot of not-truth going on. on, a lot of lies and deception going on this day and time. But I want to uh, talk along the lines today of truth be told, we need to be full of the Holy Spirit, yes, especially in the day and hour that we're living in. Truth be told. We are living in the last of the last days. Truth be told, Jesus is coming soon. And things are getting set up so that things will work according to the word of God. And he's going to soon take out the church from this old corrupt world. And then when the tribulation takes place and at the right time, when uh first three and a half years the wrath of the lamb will occur and then the antichrist sets up himself in the um temple over in jerusalem he says i am god you're to worship me and then the last three and a half comes the wrath of almighty god and then the, we go. They go to war. Not we. I won't be here. And then they go to war against Jesus Christ because still, after all these years, the devil is trying to stop Jesus from coming to Earth. But you know, he didn't. He wasn't successful the first time he came as a little bitty baby, and he tried to stop his ministry when he. Uh, put him on the cross to be crucified but everything that the devil has tried to do to stop the plan of God God had won up on him and God, he was not successful and the same thing is going to occur now the devil he ain't going to quit cause he is he is very tenacious He is not going to quit. He's going to keep on. But he's not going to win. So truth be told, we need the Holy Spirit. A lot of evil and deception and lies. I want to talk about three things this morning. And I I have the most time I've ever had to stand behind a pulpit. Yeah, thank you, Lord. I mean, Otis. And, uh... I want to talk to you about truth, I want to talk to you about discernment, and I want to talk to you about walking in the Spirit. And um, so let's let's mention, I've already said that truth be told, a true statement will follow that, that or an honest observation. Jesus was brought before Pilate. We know about that. There's Jesus standing before Pilate, standing very quiet, respectful. And Pilate therefore said unto him. This is in John the 18th chapter, verse 37 and 38. If you want to flip in the Bible to there, I'll give you a little time to do that. John chapter 18, verse 37 and 38. Pilate therefore said unto him. Art thou a king then? And Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. Here comes the truth. And for this cause, I came into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the Truth hears my voice. And Pilate carelessly responds, meh, what is truth? Pilate was your classic pagan. That's right. Uh, Based upon what I'm seeing on the news and in the news report, America is split 50-50. You've got those that want nothing to do with God, and then you've got the patriots, those that love America, those that still want God and still want uh, our freedoms in America. But America has been full of a deceptive truth. Pilate, being a classic pagan, there are many people like him today have no core beliefs, just a strong tendency to look after number one, self-preservation. I'm going to take care of me because nobody else will, so I'm going to take care of me. His descendants Today would be moral relativists or postmodernists, and I looked that up, and I was going to give you this great description of moral or or moral relativist and postmodernists, and I gave up real quick. Let's just give the simple answer. That means that truth is up to the individual. My truth is my truth, and my truth may not be your truth, and your truth may not be my truth. That's the simple answer. Did you know that 67% of Americans do not believe in absolute truth? Oh, have mercy. Pilate said, what is truth? There was Jesus standing right in front of him. Truth incarnate. And Pilate would not recognize the truth. He denied the truth. How many people today are so blinded by their own agenda, by the lies and the deceit of this world, by their greed, that if truth was standing right before their very eyes, they would not recognize the truth or they would deny that the truth Is before them In today's culture Truth is very ambiguous It's it's not clear Because it's supposed to be that way You've heard it said Truth is what I say it is No, not necessarily That's a lie Truth is not what you say it is Truth is truth Or it's not truth John 8 and 32 says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Truth is liberating. Truth is freedom. Truth does not bear the burdens of a lie. Well, what are you talking about? Uh, in my case I don't remember very well if you're going to tell lies and have to keep up with the lies that you've told you better have a good memory or else you're going to get caught in your lies that's why I purposely tell the truth that way i don't have to remember what I said, but you know what i have heard recently and I've seen it in action on TV. If you tell someone something enough times, if you tell a lie over and over and over eventually the person will believe it to be the truth. Oh what a dangerous time that we're living in. And John 14 and 6 Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He didn't say I was a way. He didn't say I was a truth. He said I am the way to the Father, God the Father. I am the truth. I am the life of God. And John 17 and 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. There is no truth in the devil. He is the father of lies. But there is no lie in God the Father. Let God be true in every man a liar is what the word of God says. Truth is God's word. God's word was true yesterday. God's word is true today. And God's word will be true tomorrow. But with people. Truth is still on trial in our culture. Truth is going to be challenged. Truth will be rejected. Sometimes it will be accepted. But if it doesn't fit with the narrative, then truth is going to be rejected. Today, truth is regarded as evil, dangerous, divisive, and hateful. I know if y'all have been watching the TV much lately, you know exactly what I'm talking about. By seeking, let me say this, truth be told, by seeking out the truth and staying informed, I have been amazed and appalled at information being presented as truth but was in fact a lie. It won't truth at all. Second Thessalonians chapter two verses nine through twelve says even him, the lawless one whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. We're talking about the Antichrist, the lawless one. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth. They hate the truth. They don't want the truth. That they might be saved. The truth could set them free. The truth could save them from eternal damnation. But they reject it. That they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure, pleasure in unrighteousness. So, Second Thessalonians, Paul's day. The mystery of lawlessness was at work in Paul's day. So here we are, the end of days, and the mystery of lawlessness is still at work. What is the mystery of where does the mystery of lawlessness originate? With the devil. He's been around a long time. Oh, yeah. He was around in the beginning. So, yes. He is the father of lies, so it's out there. It's been there all along, and truth is still out there, but it appears that lies are coming at us faster than a 95-miles-per-hour pitch from the mound at Sager Baseball Stadium. I mean, they're coming quick, and they're coming fast. It's up to us to seek out the truth. We are to accept the truth and reject the lies. Now, James 1 in 5 talks about wisdom. I want to read the amplified version. I really like the amplified version. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, that means wisdom to guide us through a decision or circumstance. He is to ask of our benevolent God, who gives to everyone generously and without rebuke or blame, and it will be given to him. We must ask God to help us know the truth. Wisdom is the application of the truth of scriptures. To our lives. And God wants us to ask him for wisdom. He doesn't want us to plot along our lives. Floundering around trying to find the right way to go. He, he's in heaven. He's saying. I have given you the Holy Spirit. To guide you. To give you wisdom. So that you can know the way. So that you can see the truth and know the truth. So, John 17 and 17 says, thy word is truth, so if what we are hearing is not scripture, how do we know that it's the truth? The simplistic answer to that, and I like simplicity, (laughs) the truth to that is truth is not based on scripture, it is based on facts and experiences. What documents have you read? What have you seen for yourself? What have you experienced? What have you heard from a trusted source? Even at your best to seek out the truth, truth be told, that document you read may not be accurate or the documentary you heard or saw with your eyes may not have been accurate or that trusted source may not have told you the truth that is the raw unadulterated truth so what do we do we pray we ask God for truth and the discernment the recognized truth from lies the Holy Spirit has been given to us and I'm getting ahead of myself but I don't care Because I might not have time to really get down to it. So I'm just going to tell you now why it's on my mind. The truth of the matter is the Holy Spirit teaches us. And there might be times when you hear or see something and in your spirit something just don't feel quite right about that. I, used to, I, I remember hearing a saying when I was a teenager growing up, everything that glitters is not gold. Come on. You, there, there is such a thing as uh, false, spoof, cool. go, fool's gold. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. We have got to depend upon God and trust God for the supernatural wisdom of God he has it for us we have not because we have asked not we need to get down to business discernment for example discernment is a benefit of walking with God and living according to the word and living in the truth. God, the Holy Spirit will give you discernment, which is the ability to judge or distinguish between two things, which and use the wisdom of God's word. We learn to distinguish between wrong and right, good. And evil, sound and unsound and truth and error through the work of the Holy Spirit within us. Sometimes there's no other explanation but God. That's where we need to be. We need to be able to rely upon the Spirit of God within us. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God to reveal and teach the truth that is from Him. Now, you can't know the truth of the Word if you're not reading it. You need to read the Word of God and you need to be able to understand what you're reading. The Spirit of God is there to teach us. He is a teacher. He will teach us in all things. John chapter 14 verse 26 says, But the Comforter, even the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said unto you. What a powerful Powerful word. John chapter 16, 12 through 15. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he the Spirit of truth has come. He shall guide you into all the truth, for he shall not speak from himself, but what things soever he shall hear, these shall he speak, and he shall declare unto you the things that are to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall take of mine, and shall declare it unto you, all things whatsoever the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he take of mine and shall declare it unto you now we're we're a pentecostal church we believe in god the father god the son and god the holy spirit three persons in one and we take it for granted and it used to be when i was growing and and i i had it we had Otis and i had a interview with a pastor my actually my son's church His pastor did uh, an interview of us. And my topic was, we need the Holy Spirit. Why we need the Holy Spirit? Um, The Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit hears from God the Father. And he speaks that which he has heard from God the Father. And he testifies of the Son. He points back to Jesus and God the Father. You see... The Holy Spirit is not all about himself. He's not the third person on the Trinity and he doesn't think this way, well, because I'm the low man on the totem pole, I'm going to get all the glory I can. That's not the way it works. They're three, but they're all three in agreement. They're all three, in one and uh, one and he testifies of Jesus Christ. He lifts up Jesus Christ because there is no other one. Under heaven whereby we can be saved. It is through and by Jesus Christ. And it is through and by the truth that Jesus Christ has laid before us in his word. I'm so glad that God's word is eternal, that even though the devil has tried to stamp out his word, God has um, preserved his word so that we might know his will and his plan for our lives. In First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. Which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Spirit teacheth. Combining spiritual things with spiritual words. Now the natural man cannot receive those things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. And he cannot know them. Because they are spiritually judged. God wants us to practice discernment. It is a benefit within the realm of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We live so beneath our privilege when we become saved. And satisfied. I know that's a religious cliche, but it's still true. We have, in the church, become saved. We've received salvation, and we have not pursued the subsequent works of the Father, of the Holy Spirit, of sanctification, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Why? Used to be, and I think I started to say this a while ago. Used to be that uh, there were a lot of messages from the pulpit on receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I don't know if it, the subject has become too controversial or uh, it's just not user-seeker friendly. I'm not sure why we have, in the Pentecostal churches, I'm trying to weigh out my words, why we're not preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But uh, if a church is not more than 50% filled with the Baptists and of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in uh, tongues, then they're no longer Pentecostal. Uh-huh. They're not regarded Pentecostal. I have not looked up the... St- well, actually, I did try to look up the statistic for the Church of God, and without calling uh, Cleveland, uh, I couldn't find the information, and I didn't want to call Cleveland. Uh, but the last time I looked... And it's been several years ago, we were getting pretty close to not being non Pentecostal. That's a shame because I'm going to tell you our walk with the Lord needs to be in power. Our walk with God needs to be righteously. We can walk in the Spirit. It is possible. We can have the mind of Christ. We need to put on the whole armor of God every day when we get up and as we go about our daily walk. Listen. We're living in a dangerous world. The Bible says that uh, perilous times would come. They're here. Perilous times. And the more that the church is not full of the Holy Spirit, the more the work of the enemy is going to be unleashed on this world, it is the baptism of the Holy Ghost that suppresses the work of the Holy Spirit. We must have the Holy Spirit walking and living and dwelling in us so that we can depend upon the Holy Ghost. Now, uh, in the New Testament, uh, no, let me go back. God praises His children when we operate in discernment. In the Old Testament, the sons of Issachar understood the times uh, that uh, they were in and they discerned that they needed to go a certain direction. And they did. And the children of Issachar was in Israel. And in the New Testament, the Pharisees... Jesus told them, you should be able to discern the signs of the time. But because they were more concerned with adding to the law. You know how the Pharisees were. They wanted to add more uh, uh, requirements to the law. Sort of like today. You, um, and, and I'm not, no, never mind. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm moving on. It's the responsibility of Christians to be discerning, but our attitude in discerning and confronting error is important too. When we confront error, we must not be hateful, argumentative, or angry. We must instead expose false teachings with love, kindness, and hope for change. Ephesians 4.15 says, But speaking truth in love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, even Christ. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, 24 through 26, And the Lord's servants must not strive, but be gentle towards all, apt to teach, Forbearing in meekness, correcting them that oppose themselves; if peradventure God may give them repentance unto the knowledge of the truth, and they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him unto his will. You know, as I as I've been studying. Uh, the word and and for this message uh, i got to examine Gail i got to look at me and some of my attitudes and some of my responses or reactions in uh, things that i i feel did not line up with the word of god and i i was in error in the way i dealt with it And I had to ask the Lord to forgive me. These are things that when we are studying and praying, that the Lord brings these things to our mind and to our attention so that we can ask forgiveness and repent of that so that we can lift up holy hands so that our heart will be pure before him. He said to listen carefully. Don't interrupt. Let them have their say. In Proverbs 18, 23, He that giveth answer before he heareth, it is folly and shame unto him. Then confront with a word that is eternal and faithful, not our own opinion. Entitle us holding to the faithful word, which is according to the teaching, that he may be able to exhort the sound doctrine to convict the gainsayers. Now, let me go on. The Bible tells us to walk circumspectly. Walking circumspectly means that you walk looking, being aware of your surroundings. Not as fools, but as wise, because the days are evil, and to understand what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians 5, 5, 15 through 17 says, Look therefore carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. In other words, we need to be alert. We need to stay on guard. We need to be sober. We need to know what's going on around us. We must be aware of the error we we encounter in literature. Um, One of the controversies that has been real recent is the beginning of our nation, the history of our nation. The history books that are in school this is what I've been told, does not reflect accurately how our nation was founded on the Christian principles. And I don't have time to get in to that anymore. But uh, be aware of the error encountered in literature, <clears throat> in the news, in other media, <clears throat> and at the same time we need to increase in the knowledge of God and the truth so that we will have His wisdom and spiritual understanding. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so, getting to we must walk in the Spirit, and I'm almost finished. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Ephesians 6 and 12 says, For our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. Do you know that your body is a host Either of the Holy Spirit or of the devil. You host the spirit, one spirit or the other. Now, our enemy is supernatural. Therefore, we need the supernatural to fight the enemy. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but mighty before God to the casting down of strongholds. You cannot fight a supernatural enemy in the flesh. You cannot win what is a stronghold a stronghold is a recurring sin or temptation that has a grip on your life you may repent of that uh temptation or that failure to fall into that temptation time and time again But you cannot seem to break free or uh, conquer that stronghold. And the devil will tell you that you cannot be free from that sin. But that is a lie from the devil. The Holy Spirit of God can cleanse a person. Can pluck that stronghold up by the root and bring deliverance in Jesus' name. Keep standing on the word of God pray fast stand on the word of God and put the devil to flight resist him and he'll flee that's what the word of God says in the book of Acts chapter 19 Paul came upon a group of disciples and he asked them a question he said have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed And they looked at him and they said, we have not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. Why aren't Christians pursuing the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Maybe it's because they've been told that the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that work all ceased in the New Testament. Maybe... It's a fear or a misunderstanding of the work of the Holy Ghost. The reasons may vary, but this is the truth God will never do anything to harm you. God, the Holy Ghost, will never do anything to harm you. So there's no reason to be afraid of the Spirit of God. More than likely, well, more than uh, harm, it will bring you good. When someone becomes a believer, the Holy Spirit is in the believer. The, The believer has the Holy Spirit. But when someone becomes baptized in the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit has you. He has me total surrender to the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the infilling of the Holy Spirit is not just so you can speak in tongues, that will happen. But that's not the only reason. It's to build that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. That you can have the confidence in knowing that you're a child of God and that you're a child of King getting back to people um, not pursuing a deeper walk with God, receiving salvation and not continuing in the work of grace given to us by God and not receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit is a travesty. We're missing out when we don't receive all that God has for us. And God wants us. To desire the best gifts. The Holy Spirit is the best gift. God wants us to desire the third person of the Trinity. God wants us to allow Him to fill our heart and our very being. He desires for us to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. He wants to be that all-consuming fire. And when we allow God to do that, we will be refreshed. We will be rejuvenated. We will have times of refreshing. It will be times when you're so tired and weary that you can't hardly take a step in front of the other, but the Holy Spirit, of God, <laughs> in the refreshment of the Spirit, will give you energy, will give you life. I'm going to uh, skip on and move on. Here are some of the key roles that the Holy Spirit does. I'm going to take a swig of water. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. He will teach you all things. He will teach you things you don't know. He will teach you things that uh, the only source that it Your knowledge came from had to be God. He will give you understanding about God's word and spiritual things. You can read the word and not, Lord, what does this word mean? I don't understand. And God, the Holy Ghost, will eventually explain it to you. I remember I was uh, studying for a Sunday school lesson. I was very young. And I had a passage of scripture. I said, Lord, I don't understand this. And I prayed and I looked at it and I studied. Still didn't come to me. But the next day, when I stood in that Sunday school class to teach that lesson, it became clear as a bell what that scripture meant. And that was the Holy Ghost. Uh, The Holy Spirit will guide you into Jesus' truth. He will direct your steps. And the scripture for that is Romans 8, 9, and 11. And the spiritual gifts, such as the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, such as wisdom, which is divine instruction through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge. That is something you did not previously know. Faith, divine faith for provision or other things, other needs in your life. Gifts of healing, the effecting of miracles. How many know that God still works miracles? Oh, yes. God still works. Miracles have not ceased. I'm going to have to move on. My throat is giving out, giving out on me. There have been times, I, I want to give you an example of word of knowledge that has transpired in, uh, or a miraculous thing that God has done in both Otis and myself. Otis had used to, Otis was from Wilmington and he worked at uh, Karanit, it's a textile plant, <clears throat> and he had left work that, uh, one day, and in uh, the textile plant, it was very hot, there's no air-, air condition. And this was in a summer day, and he had come out of work tired and hot, and he was uh, stepping off the curb into the road, And he heard a voice behind behind him call him and say, Otis. And he stopped and he turned around to look for who was calling him. And there was nobody there. And while he's looking around to find out who's calling him, (laughs) a car whizzed by him. And had he kept on going, he possibly... Would have been hit by that car. Now that was before I met him. So I know that God was sparing him for his blessing. (laughs) (laughs) The Holy Spirit can operate in your life wherever you are. It doesn't have to be at church. It doesn't have to be in the prayer closet. It can be anywhere. One day I was at work, and uh, previously a coworker and myself had had uh, a misunderstanding, and so um, I had been praying about that because uh, I really thought a lot of this young lady and um, <clears throat> the way our work we 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 actually worked upstairs over the Hamrick's building and our offices were divided by a hallway, a public hallway. Had offices over here, public hallway, and offices over here. And on this side was our break room. And so I had uh, come into that area, and there was a wall there. A conference room was built there. And so uh, actually, our training room, I was a trainer at that time and so there was a wall there and you really couldn't see the hall i am so sorry see the hallway down the aisle and as i opened the door and walked in the lord spoke to me and said stop the next person coming around that corner will be i'll just say Susie. that's not her name but i'll just say Susie. so i stopped in my tracks and you know, you're a human being. Of course, I'd recognize the voice of the Lord, but you're you're thinking, now what if Johnny comes around that corner? But I stopped, and I waited, and sure enough, here she comes, right around that corner. And I smiled at her, and I said to her what I thought the Lord was prompting me to say to her and from then on we had no more misunderstandings the holy spirit was in that and i said that to tell you that the holy we need the holy spirit operating in our life everywhere we go on a daily basis at all times i was uh, getting ready one morning for work and i was standing in front of the mirror uh, Fixing my hair, and I, the floor beneath me, <coughs> beneath me began to feel like I was standing in a graveyard. The floor actually became spun. Have you ever walked through a graveyard? It's very spongy feeling. And uh, the spirit spoke to me and said. In three days, you'll be standing in a graveyard. And sure enough, sure enough, um, I got a phone call <coughs> not long after that, a few, few hours or so, and my aunt had passed away. I'm going to have to stop. My throat is not going to let me keep going. So, uh, will you come and finish this? <coughs> But the main thing today that I want to get across, one last word. Truth be told, we need the Holy Spirit.
1: We do need the Holy Spirit. Father, we come to you right now, Lord, knowing God that you're the one that helps us, you're the one that touches us, you're the one that blesses us, you're the one that gives us life and gives to us more abundantly. Father God, I pray, Lord, right now, Lord, if there's any here today, Lord, that need a touch in their life, Father, I pray, God, right now that you will do that. Lord, that you will touch them, that you will bless them, that, God, if they're sick in their body, that you will heal them, Father, because you are a healer also. Lord, you're the one that gives us life. You're the one that gives us the wisdom. Lord, you're the one that touches us, Father. And God, we give it to you, Lord, Lord, we're coming in in the last days, the last days, as Gail said. And Father, we need to make sure that everything is right. And Father, if there's any here today that hears my voice, that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, oh, hallelujah. Father God, that they will find a place, and they will ask you to come into their hearts and their life. But Father God, you love them. For the word of God tells us that in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For he did not come to this world to condemn this world, but through him we might be saved. And Father, I believe it to happen. And Lord, I pray God right now that you will touch everybody here. Father God, that you will touch this church, that you will touch this upon a church of God. Lord, that you will be with brother and sister McClam, God. Lord, that you will touch them and the children. Lord, and every leader that's in this church, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will touch them, bless them and use them. God, touch every person that is here right now, God. Touch them and bless them. God, we're coming up to a time of thanksgiving. And God, we need to give you thanks. We need to give you praise. We need to give you the adoration that is due unto you, Father. And God, we'll give it all to you, the glory and the praise. And the adoration in your holy and in your most wonderful name, the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.